What's going on, everyone? This is Mitch from RespectMyRegion.com, back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast, looking at the best in legal cannabis across the map. Today, we're going to get into a nice, juicy little conversation with our special guest. Uh, <coughs> I hit the kush, the kush right before there, Josh Sweeter of Infinite Cow Labs. Man, how you doing today, Josh? Pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. You know, we were just talking right before we got online. I'm out here in the Washington area. You're you're from out here, so it's always always a blessing to connect in this industry with a fellow PNWer. You know, I know you're 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 in Cali now, flying the California flag now. You guys get all the all the hype and all the spotlight when it comes to West Coast weed, but uh, you're from up here. You you know how we get down in Washington, man. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't miss the rain though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can dig that, man. I can definitely dig that. Um, you know, so obviously you're with you're with Infinite Cal uh, or Infinite Chemical Analysis Labs, if I said that correctly. That's um, so we're gonna talk about cannabis testing today. But before we get into that, the question that I start every episode off with our guest is our guest origin story with the plant, the plant being cannabis. So I'm just curious when you and cannabis started your relationship, whatever you choose to share, if that's personal, professional, or or a little bit of both. I mean, yeah, I, I started uh, smoking cannabis when I was young, back in Washington State, I mean, growing up, and then just kind of, just, uh, I must have been like 14, uh, back, back a long time ago, and then kind of uh, don't, don't smoke as much anymore, uh, not as much, definitely, and uh, kind of moved into the science side of it, and the analytical chemistry. Yeah, then you know, I know Infinite Cal started in in 2016. Um, curious, when did you when did you get that start into just science and testing in general? And then when you looked at you know the the origin of of the company, right, and starting that, why why testing, why cannabis testing? You know, I'm curious, kind of kind of the why's behind it. Yeah, I mean, I, so like uh, I was talking about, I lived in Washington. I uh, went back to school on a bet I lost to my oldest brother and uh, went and got a bachelor of science in phys physics, biology, and chemistry in four years and went to grad school down here in San Diego. And uh, after grad school at SDSU and UCSD, I uh, was uh, looking to do something. I always wanted to work for myself. And we were looking at, uh, I was looking at analytical markets and I was just seeing so, so much bad press about laboratories back in 16 in Washington state or in other states that were already legalized in 2015. And that's when uh, I was working on a project with a friend, Dave Morelius. He was a, another lab in another lab. I was developing a real time analysis for uh, on a orbit trap or excuse me, a ion trap. And we, we were just talking about it and we we're both very interested in it. And we wanted to shed some, so shed some light in the industry and kind of give honest answers and, and feel that we could uh, contribute to the science side because we didn't want to see all the all the health effects or the, the fails that the states are setting out for and uh, people not doing the chemistry right. So we came into this industry as chemists and we, we stand by uh, that in this industry. Man, I love that. And I'm very familiar coming from Washington State. You know, we're talking a little bit offhand. A lot of today's conversational is going to relay on, on THC inflation, but you know, Washington, as I was telling you, we, we haven't had that conversation mainstream. It obviously happens, but it's much more been around pesticides for good, for good reasoning. Right. And, and I think the ultimate thing at the end of the day, when it comes to testing, that's not centered around THC, when we're talking about health and safety and what's in this product we consume, 
Um, you know, I've always stood fast on whether regulation says it or not. It's important for consumers to know what they're putting in their body or it's important for them to have access to that. Most consumers are not going to care, right? Like otherwise McDonald's wouldn't have a line out the drive through at a million locations worldwide or however many locations, right? Like people don't necessarily care, but they have the right to know. And that's been something for me passionately when I see companies do something potentially completely unethical to on the fence of unethical and they kind of be like well there's no regulation that stopped it and that's kind of their defense instead of being like the consumer deserves to know so i'm just curious kind of from your perspective of testing not just in in regards to thc but testing in general like where where does consumer safety rate in that and where does like your passion for for understanding consumers have access to consumer safety information so so that's one thing that we're what we're we are very passionate about. I mean, we're, we see ourselves as a safety compliance lab. We, we don't work for the producers, even though they pay us, we work for the consumers. So we're here to, to make sure the consumers know if their product would fail for a pesticide regulation or for a heavy metal contamination, that it's going to be honest and true on the reports. Uh, we're not here to hide the numbers. I think that that's the biggest thing, but furthermore, I mean, we're always there pushing, pushing the limits with all regulatory bodies. I mean, we're a multi-state operator. We work down here in San Diego and Michigan, and I believe Oakley in Arizona, and then a lot of other other things out there. And we're we're really pushing the limits on working in national organizations too, about about developing methods to to kind of screen for this stuff. So I think one one flawed system that we always look at is you know we we created this cannabis market and we said what should we be worried about. And a lot of times it wasn't the most professional people or the people new in the industry that were making these regulations that, all right, look for these four metals. Look for these 20 pesticides in the beginning, let's say, in Washington. Well, guess what? You get you give the growers a list of 20 pesticides, guess what they're going to stop using? Those 20 pesticides. Does anyone realize how many pesticides there are in America or are commercially <laughs> available? Uh, a lot more than 20. So the same thing down here. There's 66 available, and then the regulations always, always kind of – do something interesting they say report anything you don't see or that you see that you don't know or see that you find out what it is and the way analytical chemistry works it doesn't work that way that's a lawyer writing that kind of regulations if you're asked <laughs> these, these list of compounds and you want to get very hot low detection levels you need to specifically look for those things when you say look for everything it's a different type of analysis and it costs a lot more money so those are those things we, we work on in the background is looking at like a, more of a full scan and kind of kind of be able to help out, hopefully guide regulations and, and improve these types of things and make sure we are getting safe product. I think that that's one thing, not every producer, or not anyone on pointing fingers that does that kind of thing with the list, but we, we know it's out there. And that's something I think the public should be demanding more. And a lot of times uh, it's hard running a company like an analytical chemistry lab because all this kind of stuff costs a lot of money to do. And mm-hmm. not a lot of times someone wants to say, hey, could you find another reason my weed is going to fail? And tell everyone about it. <laughs> but we are out there doing that kind of stuff. We make suggestions. We work on a lot of committees and a lot of boards. And we, we try to push things forward to make sure we have a safe product for the consumer. Right. And I was going to say, like, it's there's, there's you know, not all of those dynamics, right? Because it is like, hey, I'm paying you to now tell me that <laughs> I can't sell this weed or I'm not going to be able to get the margin that I can because maybe I have to do something else with it. Um, is, is a difficult conversation, but for some of those people that are trying to do right and be honest, right? Like maybe 
something out of their control is in the water supply or something, right? So, so is there an aspect of what you guys do is kind of working with these people to identify some of the sources of things? Then some of those things are not intentionally doing right. Some of them spraying stuff with pesticides, maybe you know, maybe it's unintentional, maybe it's super intentional, right? But like certain things like water that obviously they they should be testing on their side. But but what are some of those ways that you guys kind of work with people to understand? them help them understand like the sources of potential issues that they have that they don't want. So that's what we've always seen ourselves as too, is we're the scientists. So we always offered our services to all of our customers to, to be able to solve these problems. So, I mean, case in point here, here's a good example. Most edibles would fail pesticide contamination, not because the cannabis being put in it. It was because the food product has pesticide in it. That is below the action levels of the state of California. We saw that going for a long time. And then what, I mean, simple things, we test ingredients. We would prove to people either the ingredients, this happens with terpenes or flavorings as well. All the time people are making vape pens and they, they're using a flavoring or a terpene. And that terpene contains a lot of pesticides or a lot of solvent. And they end up contaminating their whole batch. Most of the times what we saw for a long time is people just contaminating their batch with non-cannabis products mm. and then they would ruin them. But I mean, the same thing we, I mean, we've worked with a lot of grows back in the, back a long time ago when grows were, were not interested as much in THC numbers to, to go to their farms. We would set up environmental monitoring systems and prove their, their, their neighbors sprayed pesticides and, and they knew they did. And then they would go confront them. And they're like, yeah, I spray that pesticide. Well, it's banned in the cannabis. And I think they, they said some courses, I mean, or cases, excuse me, on that. I mean, it's the same thing as, a, you know, you can spray certain certain pesticides, uh, avermectin for, for avocados, but you can't get it on cannabis because if you do, the accumulation of that is going to kill your cannabis supply. So so it's a very interesting thing. And that, that's one thing we've always <clears throat> prided ourselves on is to be able to solve problems. I mean, we, we even go down to the point of just how to make an edible or how to, how to do a dilution to people. Cause I mean, all of us at some point uh, at this lab, we're all scientists and a lot, a lot of us taught courses in colleges or other schools and we're all teachers and we see, see ourselves as a guide to, to the science industry for the cannabis industry. Uh, I love that. And, and, you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand of how, like you were saying that, you know, the flower, the flower testing customers have dwindled a little bit down due to the game, which we'll get into a second. But what are, what are some of those main product categories that, that you guys are doing a lot of work in right now? So we, 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 we're open to do them all. We've done them all. And that's one thing that's great is that it's the same thing with the number of number of different samples we've got. We've tested everything from, you know, flour to edi any edible product under the sun to lubricants to well, nasal sprays to every, every type of edible uh, pizza, barbecue sauce. I mean, anything out there that they can put uh, cannabis in, we've, we've pretty much tested it. But a lot of things we, we do help people with are, are formulation. So edible products, uh, that kind of stuff is, is we, we can really have people dial it in. I think a lot of times any, any uh, producer really looking to, to do their, their, their customer base right so I always take it back that you can sure you can find a lab that give you the result you want, but then what are you doing? You're screwing your customer. And then the customer's like, I had a bad experience. This wasn't a very good product and it's promised it was going to be. So it's better to get these products right. And to make sure you're getting a consistent product, if the systems break down all the time is in a manufacturing system. And you want to make sure you're getting quality product out there to your customers. So we, we do a lot of testing in a lot of different fields. Um, but I, I would say a flower, we used to test a lot of it. Now we don't. <laughs> Yeah, a different story. Yeah, and we and we were talking about that when we had spoke on Zoom uh, a couple months ago, and then a little bit before we hopped on 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 the live right now, and and that's obviously due to you know a lot of what I want to spend today talking about is is the potency inflation, and and one of the things you know we're expressing is like 
especially California, my, my perspective of traveling around and looking at cannabis everywhere, California is the worst place for, for THC, not just people lying about it, but just the consumer putting so much emphasis on it kind of across all cat, even, you know, from the low shelf all the way to the top shelf. It seems there is no consumer demographic that doesn't care. And I was sharing to, with you, like in Washington, I feel like your top shelf consumer doesn't care. Like they are like have reached fucking enlightenment. They like yeah. don't don't pay concern to that. But the mid shelf really cares about that in Washington and California. I really feel like it's across the board. You can't call it premium if it's not hitting 30 percent. And even if it's fucking, a, you know, at fifteen dollar eighth, it's still got to be, you know, upper 20s and 30s. So um, and it's weird because California is one of the more mature markets when it comes to just people being aware of cannabis, talking about cannabis in a more destigmatized fashion than other states. Um, and the consumers are super mature there, but it's this THC thing is just not really piercing the consumers and creates a weird dynamic in the market. Do you, do you solely put this, the, the, and I'm not asking you to point fingers, but do you put the blame ultimately, is it the consumer or is it everyone else kind of just copping out and catering into that? Uh, I truly believe it's almost the, it's the consumers, but it's followed up by the producers, or the, anyone doing it, it's because they they all they all created the the problem. I mean, as a lab owner and someone running this kind of stuff for a long time here, I mean, it, the, the calls we get or the round robins we're involved in or the phone call saying, "Hey, I, my flower back." I mean, back in 2018, my flower had to be 20. percent That was that that's what they started back in 2018. It has to be 20 percent, Josh. If it doesn't say 20 percent. I can't sell it on the shelf anymore. And I was like, you know what? I can't promise you a number. This is outdoor. It's, you know, it's coming out at 18. It's a wonderful flower. People smoke it. People like it. What's wrong with having an 18 on it? And then, you know what? Another year down the road, same conversations. Josh, my 20, you know, the actual flower is 20. It has to be 25. If it's not 25, I got to go to the lab that gives me 25 because the shelf doesn't sell it. So the Purdue customers are only buying it. And now it's 30. I'll tell you, like the, the most, most, dispensaries in california aren't buying product unless it says 30 on it and is it really 30 i mean it's the kind of we, we talked about before it's the same thing take the same grows and say uh, let me travel back in history of this grow growing the same strain for the last six years look in 2016 it was 18 percent. you claim you perfected the method before 2016 you're growing the same cannabis but now it's 32 percent. what's changed that strain is giving you 32%, but you used to do 18, you used to do a shitty job growing it, or you're inflating something. So yeah. it, it's kind of that perception of people thinking that flour is all tied to that THC number. I think the consumers, I mean, back when I smoked, you know, and, and consumed cannabis, it's, you would take the bud, you would smell it and look at it. And that's how you determine if you wanted to do it or if you wanted to buy it or not. It's not, you didn't go to your dealer and say, hey, let me let me go ahead and get the highest THC you have. And if you said that to them, they'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? So, I mean, now it's become this thing, this, this uh, glory thing of getting this highest number. And at some point, I hope the consumers wise up and say, hey, am I getting ripped off here? Am I getting scammed? Are they just, you know, dangling a carrot in front of my face to get me to buy something? And it's actually a shitty product. I mean, that, 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 I'm not saying everyone is that has these really high numbers or anything like that. Sure, there's been a lot of great production uh I got uh, increases in production or efficiencies where you can grow some great indoor or even great flower that gets you up to the 30% level. But I can tell you, it's not all of it. 
If you look at the studies, they aren't. And yet, and you start getting these cop outs, and I mean, I can go on this forever, but and you'll hear from producers, oh, well, when I tested it, it was fifty percent, and then it automatically degraded. So then this another lab tests it, and it becomes thirty percent or twenty percent, or it, that's not the way it works. Uh, please use science. Please go ahead. I've done studies like this. I bought flour and let it sit, sit around for six months and heated it to thirty-eight degrees Celsius and let it sit sit there. And you know what? The THCA goes to THC and a little bit of CBN. But guess what? It wasn't ever 40% and then going to 20%. It might have been 22% and then going to 20%. So I, I think we all need to get our story straight and stop pointing our fingers at stuff and, and realize, like, consumers need to realize they're being they're, they're being ripped off. I yeah, mean, it, if they're buying on points. It, it's I, I liken it very much to, you know, back in the day when, when you know, in the legacy market before that was a, a buzzword. You know, I would always say you get call from, you know, one of your various plugs or whatever. And it's always I got the fire. I got the super fire. And then as soon as you get there, as soon as you walk in the door, they know they can't lie about it anymore. Yeah. You know, they're about to look at it and smell it. And they're always like, I mean, it's some cool, you know, it's a good deal or whatever. They go into their, whole, it's a good their whole spiel that was complete opposite of what the fuck they said on the phone or when you saw them, you know, outside of that cat. And I'm always like, bro, I'm willing to pay, but I'm not good. like, don't fucking trick me. I'm not here yeah. for the tomfoolery, bro. Like, just tell me what it is. If it's a certain price and I can make it work with the system, it doesn't need to be the fire of the fire. But if you're going to sell that, it better be that way. And I think it's very similar to what we see now is everything on the shelf. The THC percentage is jumping off. You get home and you bust it open and you're like, this shit smells like garbage man like I, I think that that's actually something that's very interesting and someone's even the consumers can do why is it the cheaper the product gets the higher the thc number <laughs> if it was the important thing i can go buy an eight for ten dollars that has 45 percent thc on it does that make sense to anyone <laughs> but i can go spend sixty dollars on eight with 25 percent thc that shouldn't be the important thing we're looking at that's a good point. And that's a good point for, you know, I always like, but I, I, I talk to a lot of stores and a lot of bud tenders and it's something that they, they struggle with too. And sometimes a lot of them just throw their hands in the air. They're like, bro, I'd be trying, I'd be trying. And people just are like, shut the fuck up and show me what has the most THC. Stop trying to explain shit to me. But I think, you know, me, I, I've said a couple times, I was like, I, I really look for someone who's going to have the balls to where you walk in the dispensary and they literally just have like posters that like say THC percentage doesn't matter. And they almost yeah. shame you if you start at like, maybe they'll lose a lot of business, but hopefully they'll just start the conversation. It's probably, you know, it's probably not the best business, but I wish there's a dispensary. They just grab their nuts and be like, I'm going to fucking stand on this hill. And I'm gonna scream it. It's not my money, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling someone else to do it with with their, you know, with how that they was, put that was our suggestion, though. We we made that to the DCC and other states. We're just like, hey, for a year, let's have all labels for THC percentage removed on flour. Mm. See how the market changes. Mm. You know what's gonna happen? People are gonna buy different ones that find the one they like and stop doing this game, and then they're gonna realize that you you use a trusted producer that someone's always growing the same thing gives you the same high. I see someone's talked about terpene analysis and miners. I think that's an important part too. You're, you're looking at the wrong things. Everyone's going to like a different thing. Canada, you know, cannabis that you like or I like could be completely different. Yep. And it's all going to be based on that person. So just because it says a high number doesn't mean everyone's going to like it. doesn't mean it's real either now. So I, I think people are looking at the wrong thing. I think it should go back to the day where when you go and buy flour, we were talking about in Oregon, where you can open it and smell it and you look at it. 
that's the way you should make your flower decision. You yeah. shouldn't be saying, let me see, let me see these results. Oh, it says 48% THC. I'm going to buy this. I mean, anyone doing that is just, you should stop it. <laughs> yeah. Stop rewarding the ignorance. Yeah. And, uh, and that's facts, you know, like I, we just did some stuff for, well, we, we, we didn't do it for them, but we had bought some of the new strains from, from, uh, from this, this brand in California. And yeah, one of them, like the look of it, it was like, I was like, bro, this is one of the top three best looking flower I've seen in of recent memory and years like this weed yeah. looks fucking 10 out of 10 amazing and it's not that it was bad it was still good weed but they had some other weed that didn't have the 10 out of 10 look but the smell and taste on that one was like this is the best fucking weed i've had in two years like this is the best weed and so you it's hard when you know as a consumer and these were in mylar where you couldn't see but even if you could have saw the nugs everyone would have chose the one and it's not and again it's not that it was bad it's still yeah. great weed but they would have missed out on this other one that was just unfucking believable man see i think that's what we should push for as a consumer base is saying what we need next is actually the old you know back in back in california even they used to everything was sold in jars all the old medical shops used to have jars you'd let to smell it or see it or i mean legal illegal back then when they weren't legal necessarily and i think we need to go back to that there needs to at least be a little pack you can smell of each one or see it more closely it doesn't make sense the way we're doing it, just selling bags of something that you can't even look at when that that that's kind of the judge of it. People people in this industry, people that smoke flour, really smoke flour, they're they're smelling, they're looking at it. They're not just buying it off a number, and but I guess that's what a lot of people a lot of people do these days. But then they also get taken away the chance to be able to do that when they buy it. What are you gonna go buy 40 products and decide which one you like just because you had to buy it to open it? That's yeah. that's not very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently did a review. Most of the stuff I review doesn't get negative reviews, but I had a negative one. It was in Mylar. I couldn't see it. Opened it up immediately. Just the look and texture. I was like this. And they were trying to pass it off as top, top shelf out here. And I was like, this is just fucking, I don't really care because I get so much weed. But like, if this was the only eighth I could afford it this week and I spent the top shelf price and I opened it up, I would have been so fucking mad. You know, I'm going to give it away. To I, I got it in my pile of giving it away to people. Uh, <laughs> But which I, I always I stay, you know, I don't I don't see too many friends. I'm a loner, but you know, my friends know, you know, I always got some free weed. If if you want some some stuff that's not, you know, if it's if it's holding in, in high regard, that's I'm gonna consume it. But if it's something I didn't like, you know, then, then I always got some free stuff that I don't know. I don't buy mids, but I think it's mids. It was just marketed not so. But um on the on the on the topic of THC percentage, what level for just flour, right? If you do an infused pre-roll, there's ways to like boost up that thc percentage which we i'll talk about in a second but just when it comes to flour what is the level like what is the maximum level of thc you have authentically seen or even is like scientifically possible for flour to be at so non-altered flour that's the key here not being we're not putting keep on it we're not putting thc tinctures or waxes or anything like that i think you're getting up to like 35 to 36 38 really fine trimmed that uh, just looks great I mean, the thing is, with this kind of stuff, too, they, they can be keeping it, adding a little extra keep on it, but it, you, you're really not going to get that much kick. Anything over that level, that the number is not real. It, it, you, you, you're not going to get a 50% by, by weight. It just doesn't make sense. So you, you, the whole thing would be a pile of goo. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, it's not going to be a flower. It's not going to be there. there. There's no structure. People got to realize that. 
Um, so, so I mean, that's my personal opinion. I've seen some stuff up there in the mid thirties. That's kind of where it gets to, but I'll tell you this, it's not the best flower out there either. So, so a lot of people would smoke that flower and say that flower sucked or it's okay. And then they would go smoke something that was 22% and they'd be like, this is the best flower I ever smoked in my life. Mm. People need to get away from it. They need to get away from this number as being a a judge of good or bad. I mean, we kind of said it on the phone call. It's like, I'm a, you don't go buy vodka and say, oh, I'm going to get 150 proof vodka, some cheap two buck chuck stuff. And then you love it and drink it. No, it it tastes like crap. I guess it does the trick though. And it's not, not, not enjoyable. Uh, I think people need to realize, you know, it's not comparable at all. Marijuana and alcohol, but it has some comparisons and it's a little, it's a little alarming. That's the way we judge it is by these numbers. I mean, California really has run with it. I'll tell you that has really run off the deep end. I, I think I, I think I have some reasons why it's gone that direction too. I mean, the lack of enforcement in the state. I mean, I'll tell you this. So just going back, even to bring it up with safety stuff, I think like 2018, 2019, definitely 2018, the amount of stuff that would fail it on the shelf, I would put a guess out there in 17, 18, it was 80% of the stuff would fail for safety testing sold in the state of California. Hmm. It, it was amazing. And then it started going down and it kept going down. But the thing is that it was allowed for a long time because no one ever checked it. No one ever checked the work. And we, we have, I mean, we, I've been in lab groups and stuff where we're, we're out there testing, uh, testing products sitting on the shelf and, and report a fail to the DCC and they don't do it. Mm. they're like oh we gotta check it or we have to study this so so it's just that there's turning a blind eye to a problem so a lot of a lot of producers would would think like hey something's gonna happen like imagine if imagine if we were all told the cops would arrest you but the cops saw you doing illegal activity and did nothing but people keep being honest <laughs> no <laughs> you told me I can't, i'm never gonna get in trouble for robbing a bank the cops are just looking at you like don't rob that bank and then you walk out with the money and they're like, later. I mean, I don't know if people would not be robbing the banks. That's kind of what we have is the enforcement lack of, of unsafe product or THC inflation has let this go out. Because people see it as competitive edge, but consumers are buying higher numbers. And they're, and they're, they're saying, hey, I need that 35% plus. I mean, it, it, it's sad because I, I feel bad. I've had a lot of people I've known, I've known from Washington State that live in California that own, own large grow facilities. And I tested for him back in 2018. You know, I always gave honest answers, always gave fails when it was needed, passed when it was passed. Now I don't give numbers. It's going to be based upon the methods. And they, over the years, they left me. And I said, you know what? I understand. I can't guarantee you a 30%, but you can't sell your flower if it's not 30%. So you're going to lose your livelihood if you don't use this other testing lab that's certified with the state of California. I think that's where the problem comes in. Is be like honestly, the flower market has been destroyed by this. But I mean, mm-hmm. right behind it is the same thing with the vape market. I mean, the vape 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 pens and all that kind of stuff, or any of it, they've gotten up there. It's gotten better. They've gotten better at what they do. Please just sit there and question. I understand you can have analytical variants. If anyone wants to argue about if I understand it or not, please give me a call. I, I am a chemist. I'm an analytical chemist. I probably know a little bit more about analytical chemistry than you do. Or we know the same amount. You can get over 100%. Sure, if you get 101, 102, stuff like that. Why am I consistently seeing stuff on the shelf sold at 110%? If your lab is consistently giving 110% cannabinoid concentration, you have a systemic problem. If you're seeing that everything, so anyone want to know the truth, if your distillate says above 
94% Delta 9 THC, it's not going to move at all. It'll be a rock. I've taken, I've seen 94% and you take a nail and a hammer and you can, or a chisel and a hammer and you're going to chisel that shit out. How are mm. you putting that in a vape pen? Because you're not mm. going to be able to. It'll burn the vape pen. Here, secrets out the bag. Go find 98 95%. So why do I see on COAs all the time? Over 99.9. That's the result I see on a certificate of analysis. Over 99.9% THCA or Delta 9 THC in a vape pen. Does that make sense? Then you have miners, and then they actually just lower the minor concentrations because they're doing too large of dilution anyways. It, it's just analytical error. It, 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 made, it saddened me as an analytical chemist that people came into this industry that do not do it and want to represent it and just, hey, what, what's the best way to become the best lab, best testing lab? You know, if I give the worst results, I'll become the best testing lab. And that's kind of what the industry has moved to. And it, wow. it saddens me as a chemist, as a public safety rep, because the people doing these methods and making these potency inflations and all, all, all these other things, all these other errors are more likely not to actually have the chemists behind them to actually develop the methods to make sure your safe product is safe or to make sure it's following that guidelines. So that, that's one thing we've always pushed is let, let's fix a system. Uh, instead of fixing, unless picking on one person or anything, and I understand what, what what's going on with it. But I mean, potency inflations in all of them. I mean, we've seen it go down to even the edible market, where people are buying the the THC distillate to you know make their edibles, and it says a hundred percent on the distillate THC, ninety nine point nine. So I only have to use this much to formulate my gummies. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, it was ninety percent. So now instead of making your ten milligram gummies, you're making your nine mil milligram mm. gummies and it's just like well if i use the same lab that did the shitty test results the first time i can continue on doing it and so all you're doing is creating a less a crappier product for your customer that, that, that's the thing i always challenge the the producers i understand doing things right might cost more but i hope like you can get some loyalty from a customer base not that, that we we a lot of the large manufacturers and other people have stuck with us because they want to know the real answer the people really that creating a good product for the customers want to know the real answer. They don't mm -hmm. want to play shit. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help you progress your your abilities as a grower or anything else. Imagine if you just heard everything you want. I, I tried this new 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 grow technique. It worked really well because that's what this lab said. But I also asked him to say that too. <laughs> <laughs> and and what is it right? Like you said, like there you know there is obviously variance, testing variance, statistical mm -hmm. variance, right? In anything, right? You you test something that someone else tests. Maybe you guys get a slightly different answer. But also if I submit one batch to you and one batch to them, there might be some variance, right? In the actual, between the batches that I sent out. Um, what What is that when you go test stuff? Cause I know we've spoken in the past that you're just, you know, this is something that you you eat, sleep and breathe. You know, you guys go to stores, buy stuff off the stores and, and test it. And, and I believe you even keep a record, right? A historical rec record of, of all the stuff you test. What What is the, uh, what is the, the 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 common variance that you see between your test results and what's on the package? So that that, that can get very large. I mean, we just did a, a filming turn this in a bunch of uh, infused pre rolls that ranged up to five hundred percent inflation. So it was labeled fifty one, but it was coming out eight and a half, and that was at two independent testing labs. Uh, I know that that's not the most scientific sound because we only had one and things like that. But I'll tell you, this is stuff you see all the time. You know, an interesting game that we actually went ahead and played. We said, let's go buy the product that, and give it to the original testing lab without the package. 
Mm. You know what an interesting thing was? The 30% flowers then became 20% flower. Why? I, I don't know. I guess maybe there's something going on when you, you don't you don't have a certain name behind you turning in and you're just a guy off the street. Um, there's nothing illegal I'm doing there. Anyone can do that. Buy your product, go have it tested. Why are your results differing? Maybe the game might be might be rigged a little bit. So we did that. I mean, this is the thing, too. People always blame, well, that's just one testing lab out there doing it wrong. No. I, I've done this with groups of labs. We were, we were round robining three independent laboratories, going to a shelf and calling beforehand saying, I got these four samples. Go pick up the exact same samples at, on the same shelf. I'm not going to do it because I'm not touching them. And we would all get the same results. And when I say same, so let's say a flower tests at my lab, it'll be 20%. The other labs would max it out at 22%, and those low is 19% or something. So you'd only mm -hmm. have like a, a small percentage variance. But the package claim said 35%. And the original testing lab that was participating in this also gave it a 20%. So it's very confusing how these things happen. And people, oh, well, it's actually a sampling problem. Whoa, 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 whoa. Your job as an analytical chemist was developing a sampling method that will randomly take samples. So are you mm -hmm. saying you failed as a lab to randomly take your samples from that batch? Okay, maybe you should fix that sampling method. Okay, I see degradation of, of the cannabis, uh, the plant automatically. If I test it day one, it tests 40%. And then later down the line, someone's testing it 20%. That's because it degraded. No, THCA degrades to delta 9 THC. Stop it. And that's all accounted for by total THC. And then you also see CBN or other miners. I've done independent tests where we bought flour and we incubated it at high temperatures for a long amount of time. And we see very small change in total cannabinoids or total THC. Very interesting. Stop living on lies. Try science, guys. Mm, mm, no, like it's uh, er, er, no no culpability, right? Everybody's like, oh, it's not me. It's it's not that. Me. It's not me. It's the system. It's not. It's not me. I, I don't. I don't need to look in internal for for. for how to yeah. always, always something external. What What are some of the things that you hope to see? I mean, obviously, you know, one of them that you covered was like, you know, that there's just kind of no, there's no consequence, right, for for doing this behavior, which is it's unethical, right? At the end of the day, it's it's lying, it's fudging, whether it is to make something safe that isn't quite safe or just so something sells right you're 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 marketing something that is not what it is you know you're marketing it as something that it isn't it isn't um what are some of those things that you hope to see changed or you think are are even and and even too it might be separate from what you hope but what do you think are some of the things that are realistic that could be changed within this market i think the consumer base needs to stop buying on thc that's something i hope i'm not sure if it'll happen the second thing i really think really should happen is we should see labs doing this stuff 100% shut down. No, no questions asked, no no charges, no, no $5,000 fines like Florida. If you're proving negligence, and you know what my favorite excuse is from talking to labs? Well, I, don't, I didn't know that. I'm not a chemist. That's when I talk to their labs like, well, I, I, we have error analysis, but we're not chemists. Well, why, the, why are you in it? I can't be a surgeon and be like, oh, sorry, I killed your, killed your wife when I was doing surgery. I'm not a surgeon, though. It doesn't work like that. Stop being, stop running a testing facility. Uh, th that's what you see in these industries. So we need to see real, real enforcement. So there's easy ways it happens too. So any state can just get a round robin going. So what I mean by that is, you say, okay, 
we have 50 labs in California. 10 labs, you all live in Southern California. You go to this store, you buy this product, we'll reimburse the store for it. Done. That's what tax money does. And then we go ahead and we all test it. Wow, look, all 10 labs said it was 20%. Well, in that original test, it, it said 30%. So either the producer's doing a switch switcheroo with the flour and giving presenting the wrong flour, or the testing lab is juicing the results. Both are possible options. No one really knows the answer. But I'll tell you this, uh, a lot of times it's, it's the labs doing it incorrectly. So those are, those are simple things. There's a million things you can do to fix this problem. But I, I honestly want to see what I, my, I would want to see labs go down. I want to see it's the same thing as any falsifying of any results. You should get a financial penalty, potentially jail time for doing this stuff. There is a lot of, a lot of stuff in this industry where people are making back-end deals to straight say, oh, I'll pass your failing product. And then now you're getting it onto a shelf and selling it to the consumer and you're, you're harming the consumer. And there's back-end deals by laboratories in the state of California doing this. I will say that. I'm not going to point out names. I know who you are. You probably know that I know who you are, <laughs> to tell the truth. And I'm sick of it. I think it needs to stop. I think the consumers are the ones that get hurt on this stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's what I, I think we should see. We should stop, uh, glor, you know, glorifying the the fact that we can get high THC results and kind of go back to the back to the ways of smelling the cannabis or looking at the cannabis or, you know, before before we make the assumption of what what's good flower and what's not. Man, I, I love that. That's I mean, and I like that. Your 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 desired solution is two prong, right? Right, regulatory and oversight, and then also on the consumer standpoint. And, and I, I know from the consumer standpoint, I think a lot of people, like I was saying to you before this, I think I think a lot of growers would want that. You know, I I, I don't necessarily think that it's always the cultivator, right? Like it's something in the business system. Maybe it is the cultivator, but like I like I said, one one of my favorite questions of asking cultivators is always, what's the strain you grow that can't test well enough for you to put on the market? And can I try some of that? Because nobody gets it, you know? And yeah. And and I think even in that regard, consumers are deprived from a lot of weed that the the cultivator who sees it all, right? Who's the most adept to what quality is is like I can't even grow some of my personal favorite stuff because the market rejects it. That's why I mean I, I would even suggest uh, I think I don't know if I did this in the phone. You remove the THC numbers yeah. from packages for a year, and then you see see what the consumers actually like. And you just remove it. You can find out like on a COA or something. But I mean I, I think that's what we need to move to. We need to move back to to pulling this pulling the lab results down. See see someone getting in trouble. Uh, uh, testing labs, producer, or anyone. I mean, it's going to happen. I, I think the, the DCC has been screamed out enough by a lot of people that I think I think a lot of things are in the work that that, that uh, you, you're going to see. I've heard a lot, of, a lot of stories about lawsuits starting against producers just to fraud in their customers, class action starting in the state of California. I mean, you saw that class action in, in uh, Oklahoma or, no, excuse me, uh, Alabama. That was started against three producers and four producers in a testing lab. This kind of stuff is is kind of firing up around the state and around the country. And uh, I'd be shocked if it goes another six months before you start seeing class action lawsuits drop in the state of California. That's mm -hmm. what they, any of the producers realize what, what's happening. I mean, it, you want to be on the good side of it. I'm not saying you have to test in my lab, but. If you know something bad's happening, it's your responsibility, the producers, to stop this this kind of BS. 
I mean, I, I don't. I will not feel bad for any producer caught in this kind of thing, because I'll tell you this: they're they're not they're not innocent. No, no. I mean, yeah. I saw I saw there was the one in Oregon. I think it was Select or whatever. I think I don't want to throw anyone's name out there if I'm incorrect. I think it was them who. It was like CBD. Something was like mislabeled, or it was, I don't know if it's much of a testing versus mislabeling, and you don't know if it was you know honest mistake or or, or yeah. conscious. But regardless, it was consumers were being defrauded. You know, to what extent? Sure, maybe if I lie about THC percentage to the consumer, I'm not you know I'm, I'm most likely not putting them in harm's way or doing something malicious. But at the end of the day, it is unethical, right? And there is no other. There's consequences for that. I can't sell you a used car and, and lie yeah. about the fucking mileage on it. You know what I mean? At the same time, though, so what if you're taking this back to the reason why we legalize cannabis? Why do we legalize cannabis for medical use? That's kind of like what the whole start of this was. Yeah. Right? You have a patient that knows they need to eat 10 milligrams a day so they can eat food or feel better. But now the, the package claim is irrelevant. It doesn't even tell you what it is. And or they know they need to consume so much THC to, to get their pain away. You you guys you get what I'm saying. So when you take mm -hmm. a step back and say, okay, the medical market is not booming anymore because they just shop at the rec, rec market. But someone the, the whole fact that we are putting these stamps in so much important importance on the fact that we're testing all these cannabinoids and this potency number, we're testing it. And this is the whole reason the whole industry is done. But now we can falsify the results and they don't matter anymore. Mm -hmm. I I don't I, I think that's the most malicious thing that people are doing. And someone might actually care about the numbers. And yeah. we kind of talked about this for a second on the phone. It's like the edible manufacturers can even start slipping this off too because they're buying their product that starts at 110% delta 9 when they buy it and they only use so much to formulate it. And now, now you're getting an 8 milligram gummy instead of a 10 milligram gummy. Who are the people losing? Is the consumers losing? Is anyone using it for any kind of medical reason? You know, I'd eat one and a half gummies now to get the same thing. Mm. And, then, and then that shitty time when they did that and they couldn't get rid of the pain or. They're, they, they're looking for actually high THC cannabis because they need it for a medical purpose. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly think the importance of it, the whole reason why we're in this industry is to give accurate results. And it doesn't matter if it's THC, CBD, any of the cannabinoids, any of the terpenes, we should be doing it correctly and not willingly and knowingly falsifying the data. Mm. Or unwillingly. If you're unwillingly falsifying the data, you shouldn't be an analytical chemist in this industry. You shouldn't be in this industry. Yeah, but... That's facts. No, and thank you for pointing that out. I, I do think that is important to highlight as we move to recreational cannabis, like you said, medical in most of these markets is done. Some of them are doing somewhat of a job kind of holding both sides. You know, I know like in Washington, there's getting your med card. I think you can home grow and not pay a little bit of tax. But outside of that, it's not it's not it's not whatever it used to be. Not that is no longer there. There's not really special products for you. Um, you know, it's, it's not like that, but that those are the people, like you said, that's cannabis is legalized, built off of the movement of those people, people, a lot of terminally ill people that fought for, you know, safe access to, to something that's a lot safer than the alternatives. And a lot of times higher concentration they're looking for and things like that. And to attend actually something interesting, just kind of off the wall topic is you, you start to see these CBD manufacturers, the edibles and drink beverages. The CBD, I know we're not talking about THC, but they're allowed 0.3% THC in their CBD product, they think, legally and federally. So now you can go to the smoke shop and on their, their, their beverages or their edible products or whatever, they have, they have up to like 200 milligrams of CBD or THC, excuse me, in their product. And they're selling it. So now it's circumventing the whole industry that, we, that we're in that you can go anywhere else and buy it. 
I mean, that, that, that's always the interesting thing. And you start to see these Delta 8 pens everywhere. And, and the, it goes back to the accuracy and inflation. I can tell you, most Delta 8 pens, most, I'm not saying everyone or any specific brands, aren't just Delta 8. They'll have up to 12, 15, 50% Delta 9 in them. But they just found a shitty lab that can't uh, resolve the two peaks. And then they call it all Delta 8. I mean, I've done a million studies on that too, and it, and the, it's alarming. There are some good manufacturers out there who have done it, but that you can't just make Delta Eight. You have to do some kind of chromatography afterwards to produce a pure Delta Eight product. Because you're going to create Delta Nine. It's chemistry, guys. Uh, it, it, it's pretty basic. So that that's one of those things. Like this whole industry is getting a little scary out there. Yeah, and something I, and actually, but before I get you out of here, I, I did want to ask about that because, like, the synthetic thing, right, is became a, a little bit of a conversation. Obviously, mainly outside, most states that have recreational cannabis, there isn't the largest demand for it. Um, you know, again, I, I live in Washington, and there there was a vape cart company. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, I think it was last year. Basically, they were selling their vape cards for just significantly less than you can produce them for, and everyone was like, "Why the fuck? How the fuck are they doing this?" And then somebody came out that worked there or something and like whistleblowed, like, hey, they're doing, they're buying Delta 8 CBD outside. There was some loophole. It's, that CBD, it's CBD conversion to Delta 9. Yeah. Yeah. You so can do were, CBD to Delta 9. And they were, they were doing, because the loophole allowed people to grab CBD from outside the market so we could offer medical, you know, the whole purpose, purpose of the loophole was so we could make more affordable CBD products for the customers that want CBD some genius found out well i could just buy bulk cbd material off the books and not have to grow it super cheap can synthesize it and convert it and then they were selling synthetic they were just labeling as delta 9 thc and they weren't labeling that it was synthetic so i'm just curious is that a I mean is that safe and and your thoughts on like that like that should so, be so that so first of all it kills the whole industry but that the safe part is something totally different too. So we've been talking to people about that for a long time, regulatory bodies and anyone else willing to listen is, is that's what happened in a lot of these states, any of the states. Why you see a bottom bottom out on all these manufacturers of distillate or any any kind of distillation type product or concentrate concentrate product is because that they came in the CBD CBD dropped down their price to fifty dollars a kilo I feel like or something now. So, so they're creating the product. And the, the thing is, when we when we created the guidelines for regulations of testing cannabis for safety, what we were looking at was an extraction from a plant, right? And then concentrating it using a certain method. We defined the methods with VHO and things like that, different different types of manufacturer process. And we, we took that into account and we said we should look for these things. Nobody said we should synthetically make CBD to Delta 9 THC. There are different problem problem contaminants that'll be in there. There are a lot of acids, a lot of other things, a lot of metal things you're not going to be considered. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. So we we looked at that stuff. I mean, we we went as far trying to work with states and developed a method to to, to prove if something is uh, actually synthetic or not or CBD conversion. And we've got some great groundwork on it. It's just like I I sit here and I spend literally hundreds of thousands of dollars doing cool stuff. No one wants to hear about it or listen <laughs> or do something with it. So we, we screened a lot of the samples and we, we found like some producers were only using that uh, CBD conversion in certain states. And it's very interesting and, and they do it a cheaper way. So I, I think a lot of times what we're doing is we're, we're not looking for the problem analytes or the things that'll be harmful to a consumer. And then it kills a whole industry. 
I mean, anyone extracting it, uh, we were kind of talking on the phone before, I think the, the, the cost of distillate on the wholesale market is cheaper than they manufacture it for now. Yeah. How is that possible? There has to be something going on. That's the thing we've been screaming about and pointing out to. Most states say that they don't let it in their industry, you know, metric, this and that. But I'll tell you this. People are smarter than the metric system and can get anything into that system and move it around and do whatever. Yeah, I mean, I mean the amount of burner, the, the burner uh, distros in uh, California, people don't talk about. I mean, I think there's more yeah. products sold outside of the state in California than inside the state. And there's a lot of burner distros that seem like they're disappearing now or they're getting in trouble. Yeah, buildings that were never there <laughs> I mean, that's the thing long before there was metric plenty of cannabis was getting moved in in and outside all around the country you know so just because you put a system in place doesn't oh man and so well also josh i i, I really appreciate you hopping on here and, and having this this conversation man it's just super fascinating and obviously the, the you know the thc inflation what we focused a lot on is just such a such a topic and I like that. I just like your, I really applaud you for your stance on it, the work you're doing in the space, man. And then even the fact that you have like, you know, solutions that you'd like to see. I think a lot of people sit back and bitch and complain, but don't actually have like a, a realistic outcome. So, uh, so I really applaud you on multiple levels, man. Is there anything else um, the infinite cows got, got coming up here, uh, 2022 and beyond, man, you want, you want to plug before I get you up out of here? I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of big things, looking at a lot of other markets where we, we got a lot of cool, new types of interpretations like order traps and other things to do specific projects or to spin off kind of to further or do a big step in this industry, maybe to look for other things or other problems with the, with products or help, uh, help businesses uh, differentiate themselves between their competitors. So if anyone ever has any science projects, we're always here to help. We're, we're true scientists working in the analytical field, not, not uh, report generators. <laughs> I love it, man. Here for the, the, the purpose and the why. If you guys want more information, infinitecal.com, Instagram, uh, at infinite underscore cow. That's Infinite Chemical Analysis Labs. This is Josh Sweeter, co-founder, CEO. Man, really appreciate you hopping on here, Josh. We are on the North American Weed Tour looking at the best in legal cannabis and all the conversations surrounding that. We'll be back with more content next time.